Amen, amen. Thank you, Reverend Bolts. Good morning, good morning, my NLH family. Um, such a joy and a privilege to be with you this morning and to be sharing the word. Um, I before I, before I, I, I give you my message title, I just want to give you a little um, scenario. I, I love maths. I've always loved mathematics and I love logical functions. Um, and I remember way back in the day, I think it was probably in the eighties, um, when Microsoft introduced Excel, I was fascinated by the logical functions in Excel. And some of the things that you can include in a logical function are if, and then else. And there are different things that you can do in Excel. And um, so I want us to start out this morning, Sister Tashina, by looking at the definition of um, the if function that is used in Excel. And the if function in Excel allows you to make a logical comparison between a value and what you expect by testing for a condition and returning a result if that condition is true or false. And that may sound convoluted, but this is basically how it works. The logical function says, if something is true, then do something. Otherwise, do something else. So here's an example, and I'm gonna ask for um, somebody to respond to this. If this is a formula that you could put in Excel, if five plus seven is greater than 20, then return a result of yes. Otherwise, return a result of no. So I'll ask somebody to quickly answer what would be the result that is returned with that logical function? No. Right, thank you. So, um, my unorthodox topic to you this morning is if, then, or but. If, then, or but. And I pray that as I share the word this morning, it will make sense to you. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring revelation and understanding as you listen. And I also pray that as the Holy Spirit moves, if there is conviction, that you'll respond to that conviction. I pray that the Lord will use me. I pray that my spirit will be receptive if the Holy Spirit desires to change anything that is on paper, that I will respond accordingly. And this was not an easy message for me to prepare. It's um, when, when Reverend Bolt asked me a few weeks ago, shortly after he asked me, I sensed that the Lord was pointing me in a particular direction and I kept resisting it. And even up to this morning, I was uh, uh, still working on it. It's just that Tashina knows, knows what, what happened. And, um, but I'm, I'm stepping out in obedience. And so as difficult as it is to deliver and as difficult as it may be for you to hear, I am going to step out in obedience and do what the Lord is instructing me to do. So the, the first few scriptures that I want to read this morning come from, the first is from 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, and it reads, 
And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. A scripture that we may be very familiar with. Another one is Philippians 4 verse 19, that many of us can roll off our tongues quite easily. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Psalm 34, 10, the lands may grow weak, grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Then we move on to the next one, which is from Luke 12, verses 22 to 30. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barren, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even one, uh, sorry, I'm, okay. Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagans, for, sorry, for the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you need them. So those are some scriptures that we're all familiar with. Thank you, Sister Tashina. And these are scriptures that many of us often declare and pray concerning our needs. And scriptures that we use to encourage ourselves, perhaps oftentimes. And those scriptures pertain to God making provision for us, his children. And the Bible we know is very clear about declaring the word of God and that through the word of God, we have victory. That's irrefutable. The Bible is full of examples of God's servants walking in the authority that they have and making declarations. And we see where God responds. And so we know that when it comes to material lack, financial need, provision, we have good reason to speak into our situations with boldness and authority as children of God, because the word says that God honors his word above even his name. And when we pray these scriptures and other scriptures that we, we may, may pray often, we ought to do so expecting results because God backs his word. What I want to challenge us today, when you pray, concerning your needs and declare the word of God over your lives and circumstances, particularly in relation to provision. 
Do you stop to look at the conditions? And further, are you meeting those conditions? So as we believe God and declare his word over our respective situations, have we satisfied the conditions for God to respond? That is my question to you this morning. So, so let's rewind and go back to the scriptures that we looked at earlier. We're looking now at Luke 12, 22 to 24. In that one, we looked at, um, thank you. So I'll read it again. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. And we go on and we spoke about Solomon, not clothed as the, the, the grass of the field and so on. And we stopped at verse 30. But verse 31 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Can, can we get rid of that bar at, at the um, bottom there, please, if possible? Verse 31 says, seek first his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Um, keep, keep going down, Sister Tashina. Right, there we are. So we looked at Luke 12, 22 to, to, to um, 30, but I'm focusing now on verse 31. We often as I mentioned before, talk about 22 to 24 about Solomon and, you know, we're worth more than the, li the lilies in the field and the grass of the field. But look at verse 31. Seek his kingdom, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. The next scripture that we looked at, Psalm 34, verse 10. The lions may grow weak, grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Philippians 34, sorry, sorry, that was, that. So, sorry, um, I'm having a little challenge. Okay, yeah, sorry, let me increase my text size. Hebrews 11, verse six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he will reward those that diligently seek him. So what we're seeing here is if you seek the Lord, then the things that we need will be given to us. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, because if you seek his kingdom, then what you need will be given unto you. Yes, the lands grow hungry and weary, but if you seek the Lord, then you will lack no good thing. Thank you, Sister Tashina. So from these scriptures, we see that one condition to releasing the blessings that we love to claim is seeking after God and his righteousness. And simply put, one of the ways that we can seek after God and his righteousness is living according to his scriptures doing what the word of God instructs us to do. And there are many references in scripture to righteousness and how to live a righteous life. But today I'm going to focus on two areas. And I believe these two areas the Lord wants to draw our attention to. 
and he's calling us to step up in those areas and he's calling us to account this morning. And the first thing I'm going to look at is our speech. Living a righteous life requires us to control our speech. We cannot expect to walk in victory when our tongues are loose and our speech is ungodly. Seeking after the Lord means to be walking in obedience to what his word says concerning how we speak. And as I was preparing this, the Lord kept reinforcing that one aspect of speech that we need to focus on and that he's calling us to look at is how we talk about each other. Many of us are too quick to speak words of condemnation, words of judgment, words that tear down and not build up. Proverbs 12 verse 18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So I'm gonna ask you this morning, does your tongue bring healing or does it pierce, does it cut like a sword? One of the problems I think that we have is that we talk too much. We, we love to gossip, we love to bicker, we love to talk about each other. We're quick to call somebody and start complaining or griping about our brothers or our sisters. And, and we're very good at Christianizing or talking about others. So we talk and we talk and we talk, and then we, we finish the conversation. But anyway, make a prayer for them here, yeah? as if to say that, 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 that erases the ungodly speech that we just engaged in. Proverbs 26 verse 20 says, for lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Listen to that. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where, where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. But are you guilty of doing the opposite? Do you become the wood that fuels the fire with your words? Or are you the whisperer that fuels discord among others? Instead of speaking words that uplift, words that build, and words that encourage, do you speak words that are destructive both over others? Nothing is wrong with correction. Let me make that absolutely clear. Nothing is wrong with rebuke, but it must be done in a godly manner. Second Timothy 4 verse 2 says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. But is that what we do? Do we correct and rebuke with patience? When we speak, is our intention to teach and instruct in a way that is godly? What is our heart position? When you speak, are you aggressive, quarrelsome, confrontational, angry, disrespectful? This morning, my brothers and sisters, the Lord is saying to us that too often our words cut and pierce, not to bring righteous, godly correction, but to criticize and to judge. And I believe he's saying that we need to get ourselves in order. He's calling us to account this morning. And don't think that I'm sitting here holier than thou, because as I was preparing this, as I tell you weeks ago, 
the Lord started to speak to me in this era where my own life is concerned. And I will, he rebuked me in this area. And I had to go before him in preparing this message in a time of confession and repentance. And so he said to you this morning, he said to us this morning, he's challenging us where our speech is concerned. How can we in one breath be declaring his word and speaking with such boldness and confidence and in another breath, we're tearing down each other. That's hypocritical. We're making a mockery of God and his word. And then we have the audacity to be declaring concerning our lack and expect God to show up. The scripture is clear, many scriptures, some I've read just now. We have a role to play in God responding to our prayers. If we live righteous lives, then God will move. The next scripture I'm gonna look at is from James 1, 22 to 25. And it's a scripture that reinforces what I'm saying. We cannot be hearers of the word, speak the word, but we do not do what it says. And this is a scripture that I came across maybe a, a few years ago, and it really hit me and I committed to memorizing it. Sometimes I remember, sometimes I don't, but it's, it's one that I want to share with you this morning. And it reads, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Here, James is making it clear that religion without control in our tongue is worthless. And then we wonder, why are we not seeing breakthroughs happening in our lives? We question and we'll ask God, why is he taking so long to act on our behalf? We boldly profess how much faith we have and we're truly seeking after, but are we truly seeking after the things of God? That's a question I wanna ask you this morning. Are you walking in obedience to what his word says concerning how you speak? Again, the word is saying to us this morning, if we do, then God will move. But many times we block our prayers because we come now with our butts. Remember the topic, if, then, or but. So we come with our butts. And so often I've heard persons excuse their behaviors, myself included. When we, when, when we, we say things that are ungodly, I say, but I'm only human. And we say, oh, but I have to tell them how I feel, but they can't get away with that, but they can't talk to me like that. But it's them started. And we have all of these buts that we throw in to, 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 to make ourselves feel better. But the Lord is saying to us this morning, this is not acceptable. He's calling us to righteousness. 
And let us be clear, if the Lord is calling us to righteousness, let's forget the excuse about being human and all those things that we, we, we try to comfort ourselves with. Because if he's calling us to it, that means it is attainable. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, for the God is a sun and shield. For, sorry, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Hear that? No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And so it means that it is possible to walk blamelessly before him. That's what this scripture is saying. So the choice is ours. And so what will your response be this morning? I tell you already, this is not a feel-good message. It's not a comfortable word to deliver, and it's not a comfortable word to hear. But the Lord is calling us to step up this morning. And I'm going to ask you all this. How many things are on your prayer list? A few weeks ago, Sister Tashina brought us a powerful word about drawing the prayer circle. And some of us, myself included, since then would have been more intentional about storming the throne room and praying for things that we're believing God for. Many of us would probably even have gone to the extent of joining a prayer circle and listing the things that we're praying about and waiting on God to respond to. I, I did that. But guess what? God is not a genie that you rub the bottle and he responds. God is more concerned about us being righteous before him than about our, our, our creature comforts. Are we going to allow the temptations of the enemy concerning our tongue to derail us from God's plans for our lives? Are we going to allow the enemy to intercept God's blessings because we can't control how we speak or we choose not to control how we speak? Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. What kind of fruits are you cultivating? Are you planting seeds of discord and division? Are you planting seeds of gossip and slander? Ephesians 4.29 is challenging us this morning. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And so all these things that I'm sharing this morning are what it means to seek after God, what it means to go after righteousness. And as you listen this morning, I encourage you not to ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to you. Don't say, that, oh, well, um, as I said before, I have to respond. When you're in a conversation and you hear that quiet whisper of the Holy Spirit telling you, no, no, shut that down. End that phone call. How are you going to respond? And sometimes the truth is that we may feel torn because you want to feel included, you want to feel like you're a part of the clique. And so you feel good when somebody comes and they tell you something because you now feel like, well, you know, you're, you're in the inner circle. But how are you going to respond when the Holy Spirit brings that conviction? What will it be? 
your decision will influence the effectiveness of your prayers and your declarations. So let us be mindful this morning of the ifs. Because we know this morning that if we meet the conditions that outlined in the word of God, then the promises of God can be released. And I, I want to make a very important point this morning. Let us remember that God is sovereign. And though his word has conditions, he can choose in his own mercy to still be gracious to us and pour out blessings upon us even when we fall short. He's sovereign, and so that is for him to do. But where many of us fool ourselves is that we think because we're receiving the blessings of the Lord that we are okay. And we comfort ourselves saying, oh man, I'm all that in a bag of chips. But Matthew 5.45 says he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And so when he in his mercy and by his grace release, re releases blessings into our lives, even when we're disobedient, let us not mistake that for him being pleased with us. Some of us dare to, to even boast about God's favor when we're living unrighteously as children of God. We see the blessings and we think that, oh, I must be doing something right. I'm blessed and highly favored, we love to say. But if you don't remember anything this morning, I want you to remember this. Do not mistake favor for flavor. I'll say that again. Do not mistake favor for flavor. What do I mean by that? Is your flavor one of righteousness? If we were to consider what comes out of your mouth as food, when someone tastes it, what is the flavor of those words? If God were to taste the words coming out of your mouth, what is the flavor of those words? Gossiping, backbiting, slandering, speaking words of judgment from a, from a bad heart, words of unforgiveness are distasteful. Their flavor is detestable, both to God and to man. And so even if in God's mercy, you're receiving blessings and experiencing favor, be careful not to mistake that for him being pleased. Satan, the word says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And so this morning I want to challenge you that if Satan goes before God to accuse you concerning your speech, do not be found wanting in that area. It is good for us to make declarations about provision and ask God to open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out his blessings. But let us not forget this morning that we have a part to play in that. And let me make it clear before I move on to my second point that what I'm not saying that if you're experiencing lack or financial issues or problems in your life, it means that you're not living righteously. That is not what I'm saying. The Lord will allow some of us to go through things for different reasons. However, what it is I am saying is that do not let your lack be as a result of unrighteousness. So let us be clear on that. The second point I want to make this morning 
concerning our declarations is in the area of our giving. When I started out, we looked at some scriptures and we're gonna go back to one of them now. And this scripture we often hear persons pray in relation to God providing. And it is 2 Corinthians 9. Earlier we read verse eight, which says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's what verse nine says, but let's dial it back a little bit. Let's go back to verse six. It reads, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God, for God loves a cheerful giver. And this is what we love to quote without remembering what comes before. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And it continues, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Thank you. So what is the clincher here? The clincher here is that the promise that God will bless you abundantly so that you can have all that you need is con contingent on your posture concerning giving. If you are mean, then you will reap a mega crop. If you are generous, then you will reap an abundant crop. And there's another scripture that I want us to look at, which is Philippians 4 verse 19. And we love to say this, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. That's one that we probably all know from we got saved. My God will meet all my needs according to his riches in glory. Philippians 4 verse 19. But let's start reading from verse 14. Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in, the, in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Ephrodotus the gifts you sent. They are fragrant, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And then verse 19. 
that we love to quote says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And that is true, but it started from earlier. And so what we see Paul saying to the Philippians here was that their generosity would release the blessings that he was talking about in verse 19 that we love to quote. In verse 15, he said, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. The Lord is challenging us this morning and calling us to account. How are you with your giving? Many of us are wondering why the breakthroughs are not coming. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Tashina. And we're asking the Lord, Lord, why am I still in debt? Why can't I get a job? Why does it seem as if money passes through my hands as soon as it comes and it goes out? And we have all the whys. Why, why, why? And we're so focused on receiving from God. We're so focused on what the Lord is giving us or what we want. Paul is highlighting that it's not only about us receiving from God, but it's about others receiving from us. Are we living in accordance with this principle? Are we living in accordance with the principle of giving in God's word that says that it is better to give than to receive? Are you sowing seeds into the work of the kingdom? To reap an abundant crop, you must have sown a seed. And if you sow seeds meagerly, as I said before, your crop is going to be meager. Do you give to your church here at NLH? Many of us come week after week and we're fed by the word, we're fed by the weekly teachings. But do you sow generously into the ministry at NLH? I tell you, this is not a feel-good message. Some of us here work. Do you tithe into your church, NLH? Month after month or week after week, you get your pay. But instead of tithing, as we're commanded to do in the word, you decide to give God a token offering. And whoever you are this morning, the Lord is saying, he doesn't want a token offering. You think you can pacify God with a token offering? God doesn't need our resources. God doesn't need our monies. We give so that he can release blessings to us so that we can bless others. That's the principle that the Lord operates on. The if and the thens. But if we choose to violate that principle, there are consequences. Are we honoring the Lord with the first fruits? Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, honor 9 to 10 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. We want the barns to be filled and we want the vats to be overflowing. But are we doing the if that comes before? 
And some people may be like Cain, offering a sacrifice to God that is detestable to him. And this is a scripture that I want us to read carefully this morning. We dare to be jealous when God chooses to bless those who have been obedient to his word. And in Genesis 4, Sister Tashina, we will see the story of Cain and Abel. And it's a story that we know probably from Sunday school. Let us read verses four to seven. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you did what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Thank you. What sin or disobedience are you entertaining this morning concerning your giving? That is the question I wanna ask. You can declare scripture from now until judgment day. Your, decla your declarations will only bear weight when you walk in righteousness and give according to the principle of giving in the word of God. The enemy cannot touch what God has for you unless you give him permission. Remember that. And you give him access when you are disobedient to the word of God. It is too easy for us to find excuses when it comes to giving. So instead of focusing on the ifs and the thens concerning the principle of giving in the word, again, we come with our butts. But I have this to do. But I have my bills to pay. But I have children to feed. But I have a family and a household to run. We need to operate by the principle of giving. And remember the story of the widow in 1 Kings 17, 2 to 16. I won't read it. I'll encourage you to read it after. Where we see the Lord sent Elijah to Zarephath and he told him that he should go to Zarephath and stay there. Verse 9 says, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow there to supply you with food. And verse 10 reads, so he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. And we know this story well. But what struck me as I read this scripture recently, in verse eight, it says, sorry, verse nine, it said that the Lord commanded a widow there to supply Elijah with food. But in verse 10, Elijah posed a question to her. He said, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? So she had a choice, although the Lord had commanded her and she probably never even know the Lord had commanded her, but that is what the Lord said to Elijah. But she had a choice. Elijah posed it to her in the form of a question. She had a choice. You have a choice. Who is it the Lord has commanded you to help? How much is it the Lord is saying that you should give? 
and what will be your response? And it may not be as specific as a widow woman where you feel like you have been commanded to do one thing or the other. But the Holy Spirit prompts us. And what will be your response to the prompting of the Holy Spirit? That is my question to you this morning. Verse 12 of that same chapter continues. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook it this last meal and then my son and I will die. Is that your situation this morning where you find yourself in such a desperate place? You're so lacking that when it comes to your giving, your instinct, your instinctive response, your automatic response is to highlight the lack is to come with the but. Verse 12 starts out, but she said. So she's countering. She's responding, but she's countering what Elijah asked her. Are you quick to find a reason why you cannot step in and help? With the widow, we see though, that despite her initial response of the but, Elijah acknowledged what she said. And then he said, okay, yeah still make something for me first. And then he told her what the Lord said concerning her and her son. And verse 15, for those who are not familiar says, so she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. So will you begin to give from your little, believing that God honors the principle of giving? And we've heard similar messages before, I'm sure. It's not the first we've heard messages concerning giving. But how we respond going forward is what is going to make the difference. And those messages that you heard, you probably would have responded for a week, two weeks, a month, and you fell off. But the Lord is calling us this morning to a lifestyle of giving. And so what will your response be? So as I close this message this morning, ask yourself this question. As I declare the word of God over my life concerning provision, how prepared am I to meet the if conditions in order to release the then? Or will I continue to counter it with my buts? But I'm only human. So we will fully sin and then we repent. But I have to answer. I can't let them talk to me like that. But I have to share what I feel with somebody. But this is all I have. But I have my bills to pay but they have more than me, so why should I give them? And we come with a but and the but and the but. I say to you this morning, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You have two choices. You can either quench his voice or you can respond. And we listened to a song 
um, Sister Tashina played earlier, um, Oceans. And it says, I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. And as I listened to that song, I connected it to this message. And to me in this instance, keeping our eyes above the waves, meaning keeping our eyes focused on the things of God, not allowing the distractions of the enemy to pull us under, not allowing the distractions of the enemy to cause us to counter what we are asking the Lord to do for us with our butts not being distracted by the tactics that the enemy would want to use to cause us to bear off course. And so we're gonna look at the final scripture for this message, which comes from Hebrews four, and we're reading from verse 14 to 16. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. My brothers and sisters, God is ready to help us. Reverend Bolt and Sister Tashina, um, I'm gonna ask you to pray after. I didn't before, but um, I'm giving you notice. Um, God is ready to help us. When we see our weaknesses, when we recognize and identify our bad habits that we're cultivating, there's an opportunity for us to run to God. And the things that I spoke about this morning are not the things that we consider the big, the big sins. We love to talk about the big sins, the adultery and the fornication and the dishonest stealing and whatever. And so we may choose to cloak it over and we may choose to color it however we want. But sin is sin. It is sin to be disobedient to the word of God. It is sin to speak words that are ungodly. It is sin to not give as the Lord commands us to give in his word. And sin and righteousness cannot cohabitate. So if it can't cohabitate, what will your choice be? Which will you choose? Will you choose sin or will you choose righteousness? It is good for us to know the word and what the word says concerning our circumstances. It is good to declare the word of God over our lives. It is good to extend our faith, believing that the Lord will honor and back his word concerning provision in our lives. However, we cannot selectively obey the conditions. We cannot ignore the conditions. The scriptures say, if we do what the word of God says, then God will. Will you choose righteousness? by living to meet the ifs, so God can release the thens in his own timing, or will you respond with your buts? And let us not mistake anything that I'm saying this morning and think that when we pray concerning or lack concerning provision, it's just about us. As we saw Paul saying to the church in Thessalonica, the whole point 
of being blessed is to be a blessing to somebody else. Let us not forget that. We, are, we, we live lives that are selfish. We hoard, we store things up. And as I say that, I remember um, something that Pastor Eva shared in the WhatsApp group recently. And, and just bear with me as I try to find it. When we believe that resources are scarce and God cannot be depended on to provide for us, we hoard what we have, grab what we can and keep as much for ourselves as possible. But remember that moths and bugs eat away at stored grain. Stored manna turns to rot. The harder we grasp, the less bread satisfies. So let us remember that even as we meet the conditions outlined in the word concerning our speech, concerning our giving, we are also now required to release what is in our hands and bless others who are in need. So I invite you this morning to make a decision. And you may be listening this morning and you can't identify with what I've said. You can't in authority speak and declare the word of God over your life because you're not, your life is not committed to him. And so you're not in a position to call on the Lord concerning his promises. And so I invite you this morning, if that is you, the invitation is extended for you to commit your life to him. And so as I close, I'm gonna invite Reverend Gold to pray for anyone who may be listening who has not yet committed their life to the Lord. And as he finishes, I'm gonna ask Sister Tashina to pray concerning the word this morning. And as they pray, I invite you to search your hearts and see how you line up this morning where this word is concerned. And if the Holy Spirit is convicting, do not quench the voice of the Holy Spirit. God bless you, amen. Sister Karen, thank you for that powerful, awesome word that came from the throne this morning. It's for every single one of us online. And um, I am guilty of it. And I'm sure many of us who are listening are guilty also. See, God's blessing financially is not based on his promises, but his covenant. So until we keep our part, he's not committed to fulfill his part. And that's factual. Prosperity is spiritual warfare. The enemy will come to us and he speaks to us. And he says, you don't have enough to give. Your rent is due. This is due. You can't give out of what you have, which is a lie. We are called to make sacrifice. And when we make that sacrifice, then the blessing comes. So I am guilty. And we are all guilty of it, if we are honest to ourselves. So we have to go before the Lord and repent and ask his forgiveness and change our ways. That's just how it is. Okay? When you hear the word, 
you respond. Okay? So I'm going to pray for those who may be listening this morning and they have not first committed their life to the Lord. There's no way you can keep his covenant if you have not given him your life. There's just no way. So let's pray. Father, I truly thank you for the word that you have used your vessel, Karen, to bring to us this morning to show us where we are missing it. We are missing it in a great way. Lord, we repent this morning. We repent because of the way we have been going, what we have been doing, and not following your word closely enough. Father, we ask that you forgive us and that we will make the change that is necessary to correct our action. Lord, I pray for those who may be listening this morning that have never committed their life to you. They have never given you their life. And if they are not saved, they are not saved. So, Father, I ask that you will open their hearts like you opened the heart of Lydia in Philippi and she received the word that came from Paul's mouth and she became your servant. Open their hearts, Lord, so that they will receive your word this morning and accept you as their personal savior so that they will be saved. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that worked powerfully this morning to bring your word to us. We thank you in advance for the blessings that you will bring to us as we obey your word. It is in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen and amen. Mighty God, as we continue, Lord, we are thankful for your word this morning. It is our word, Lord, that if we are truthful, we will confess and say it's, a, it's not the, the word that many want to hear, but that all need to hear. Lord, we ask you not to just bless your word unto our hearts, but to also open our hearts and our ears to receive the word, to be changed and transformed by it, to not only be hearers of it, Almighty God, but doers also. And as this word comes and finds root within us, Lord, may we be transformed by it for the better. May we not experience a nine-day wonder with this word. Not at all, Lord. But may we develop a lifestyle of obedience, first of all so that we can give, truly give unto you what is neat, what is right, and what is just. So often we question you about how things are going in our life or when they are not going or moving 
when the breakthroughs are not coming, when really we needed to start with the man in the mirror. Oh God, forgive us as Christians, as people who have been called by your name, who have been disobedient and dishonorable in the way that we have treated you through our giving and our lack thereof. Constantly convict us, God, not just today, Lord. We need constant conviction and reminders about this word, Almighty God. So that our witness and our walk will be bolstered. How can we call people and invite people to you, Almighty God? Inviting them to something when we are not marketing the, the product well. We're not living it out loud, oh God. People respond to what they see. And if we are not living by the word that we declare and preach and the word that we stand by and stand behind, the word by which we should be led, if we are not living it out, then what will others see and come to look at and to marvel at? What will draw others to you? God, transform us. Do a work within our life. Change our outlooks. Change our thought processes as it regards giving. As the psalm writer says, I want to live the way Jesus wants me to live. I want to give until there is just no more to give. I want to love, love till there's just no more. God, help us today. For we need your help. And help us, Almighty God, to be open to your Holy Spirit coming in to help us. To be who you truly want us to be. So many times we are disobedient, Lord, and we are resistant. To what it is you want to do on the inside of us. So how you want to take your word. You've given us your word today. And you want to take that word. And plant it deep down in us. So that it can flourish. Almighty God. And beautify us from the inside out. But so often we are resistant to it Lord. Because we believe that you are demanding too much from us. But cure us of this fallacy. Of this foolishness Lord. Deliver us from it because it is not from you. And begin to transform us from the inside out by your word. As we pray and we beseech you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.